to tell you how great my life is. <laughs> it, it would be, it would be, it would be rude. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fucking good. Same. Good. Not tell anyone. Just make them feel bad about themselves. Yeah. Some people, Coach Casey Acree, their lives are so fucked up that it could be raining titties and they still catch a dick. <laughs> One of the greatest quotes ever. Coffee. Oh, oh, you know what, Caleb? I did try to send you the notes. How about that? Bam. Okay. Uh, guys, I really wanted to have Justin Medeiros on. But the DEI council at the Sevon podcast said I had to have one dude from the adaptive and uh, one black dude and one Jewish dude before I start having superstars on. So we got to get Casey Acre out of the way. I'm so fucking sorry. This guy's <laughs> only won the games twice. Uh, fuck him. Oh, shit. We're live. Oh, I didn't even see you were there, Casey. Hi. Sorry. I didn't mean to be Yeah, we're live. Dude, look at your, look at your shirt. Branding. So dope. That's called branding. Hey, you don't you, you you made this crazy video that said like you have four things that are more important than training. It really it really concerned me. And I'm like, you you remind me of this UFC fighter uh, James Krause. Do you know who that is? No, I don't. I don't follow UFC very closely, unfortunately. He he. Uh, one of his fighters just became world champion. I forget who who became world champion last week or did really good. Do you remember Caleb? Any anyway, um, he's a fighter. He, he like had six fights in a row without losing. He's in the 171 pound class, and he said it would be cooler for him to have one of his fighters win a championship than for him. He's like, oh no, has Casey fallen into that trap of being a good dude? <laughs> no, I don't think it's a trap. True, it's just true. And, and why is that? Why? Why not? Why not just focus on yourself? Win like you know another three in a row, uh, the four in a row, tie Tia, and then and then be like, okay, who wants to be the protege? Well, um, first off, I can't make enough money being an athlete for it to be the number one priority in my life. So it can't be my full time job. So something else has to take priority there. Um, and you know, I I get just as much value out of those other things um, just kind of as far as just fulfilling what I like to do and, and um, you know, what I value in my day to day of being a dad and a husband and a coach and getting to be creative in some of my, some of the things that I do um, as being an athlete. So that's why it, it kind of falls a little bit lower on the pecking order, I guess. Um, sorry, I think it was Brandon Moreno, uh, Caleb. It was Brandon Moreno. I, I wonder if you would have been like that before you had kids. I bet you, you, you have a son, right? Yeah, I have a son. I have a three-year-old son and a three-month-old daughter. Holy cow. Wow, congratulations. Is, 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 um, do, you, do you think that that probably changed everything? If you didn't have a kid and you didn't have, you didn't have a, uh, two kids, it'd be more about the Casey Agri show? Yeah, probably a little bit. Um, I mean, definitely, I think having kids changes everything. Um, but I, I mean, still, even then, from a practical standpoint, I would still have to 
worry and focus more on on running my business and and being a coach and doing the things that that make a living because I you know like I said there's just not enough money in adaptive CrossFit for it to be a full time job like it is for Tia or Justin or some of those people. Um, uh, what's the name of your business? Uh, so I am the part owner uh, called Summit Systems. So we have a gym. We do uh, individualized coaching as well as remote coaching. Are you pulling that up, Caleb? Hey, um, why? why so um, what screamed at me right there was you're saying that do you strictly do adaptive athletes? Why not just do everything? Everyone? No, I don't strictly do adaptive athletes. We do. We do. I have more clients that are. Uh, more clients that are able-bodied or just kind of normal general population uh, clients than I do adaptive athletes. And, and every time you win the games, it must be uh, whether it should be or not. It's got to be a feather in your in in your cap, right? I mean, to win the CrossFit Games twice is pretty fucking nutty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say yes. It does help me as a coach and. Uh, and that kind of thing as far as just having legitimacy with, with adaptive athletes and with, with all athletes really. Yeah, for sure. Who are these dudes, Cameron and uh, who is the other guy? Cameron and Kyler. Those are my, those are my best friends and business partners. I think there's a guy in the comments, a gentry, a Travis is, is Travis related to them? I don't think so. But maybe not that I know of. Um, and, and where are you based out of? Um, our gym is in Decatur, Illinois. Oh. You came here once. I did. You came No. To- is that the one that – I don't think I did. I think Greg did. Did I come with him? It, is- yeah, Greg did. So that I work at that gym. That's where I – I was the manager and head coach of that hospital gym. Oh, shit. Wow. What a small world. <laughs> yeah. Okay, explain that gym to me for people. Re-explain it to me. Refresh my memory, and so the people at at uh, home know this is a great story. Yeah, so Decatur, Illinois, is home to the first ever, I believe, hospital CrossFit affiliate. Uh, it's called CrossFit Enhance. It was originally opened by Decatur Memorial Hospital um, by the the president of the t- at the time of the hospital was Ken Smithmeyer. Um, and so it opened in 2008 or 2009. Um, and so, yeah, it was owned by the hospital. It wasn't owned by any one individual. It was a part of, it was a well, really initially started as a wellness program for employees only. It wasn't even open to the public. It was a free, basically a free wellness offering for employees. Eventually opened up to the public. Um, grew to be pretty large as whenever I was, I was the head coach and manager there from February of 2017 until January of 2020. And we had for stretches there over 300 members in our gym. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately that, that gym has since closed permanently. No shit. Was that a, 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 one of the responses to COVID? It was kind of a result of COVID. They were, being being affiliated with the hospital, they were much stricter about uh, you know being open. 
So the state mandated that gyms were closed from like March 13th until June 2nd or something like that of, of 2020. Um, and then even when, even when gyms were allowed to reopen the hospital, wasn't really allowing for it for, for CrossFit enhanced to have classes. And that eventually led to, um, you know, they just decided that they were, they were paying for something that wasn't really, uh, providing value anymore. So they, they closed it in February of 2021. Can you imagine closing a CrossFit gym because you think it's not providing value? Yeah. I mean, without getting much, without getting too much into it at some point, uh, actually even before, before I started working there, um, the administration changed the people that were in charge. It was no longer Ken Smith Meyer who was originally opened it. It was, uh, the, the administration changed and the, the value that they felt it held, uh, wasn't, wasn't very high. I'd love to see pictures of those people who decided that. And I'd love to judge the fuck out of them based on what they look yeah. like. Yeah. You would, it would probably, it would probably make you go crazy. Yeah. I can see them already in my eyes, yeah. <laughs> in, in, in my, in my third eye or fourth eye or whatever that thing is called. Yeah. So fucking nuts. Hey, I get And is that why you opened yours? You're like, you open your own training program. You're like, okay, now this is. No, I actually, well, yeah. I mean, yes, eventually it was uh, many things as the, as the head coach and owner feeling like you didn't really have or head coach and manager um, didn't really have a lot of support from the administration. And you're, I was very, uh, no, no pun intended. I was very handcuffed on what we could do there. Um, and Hey, even what you could say, what's that? Even you were even handcuffed on what you could do, but also what you could say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, honestly, you couldn't be like, Hey, don't worry about what they told you about type two diabetes. I got you do this. Uh, you couldn't say that. Yeah. Like there was, it was very, you had to be very careful about what type of authority we tried to hold as, as, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what you want to, you're not the doctors there people that were trying to help people be healthy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, and, and yeah, I mean that on top of being the only, the only full-time employee in a gym with 300 members and all of our other staff was, was per diem basically like part-time. Wow. And, um, we ran, we ran 13 or 14 classes a day that were 45 minutes long. And so there was, there was definitely some coaching burnout, um, not a lot of resources. And, like as a coach, as someone who I, you know, I, I came into the profession of, you know, wanting to be a professional coach. Um, I just felt limited on what I could do there. So um, in January of 2020, I had the opportunity to um, open up just like a small, small kind of private deal. Um, and I, and I took it, I was able to get into a place that was um, pretty cheap and just kind of started, you know, building, building up our clientele, um, from the, from the ground up, basically. Are you affiliated? Not. A- no. And, and what's the name of the gym again? Summit. Yep. So, sorry. Say that again. For some reason I can't talk over you. And that's like one of my favorite things to do. Every time we used to talk at the same time, it goes silent. Tell me the name again. Sorry. Summit systems. S U M M I T S Y M S. Why do you call it that? Um, <laughs> It actually has to do with uh, the the town that me and my uh, friends grew up in. 
is it's called Harristown, Illinois, just outside of Decatur, about a thousand people. Um, it before it became officially Harristown, long, long ago. Uh, that's a really good. My my business partner made that meme. That's really it's really funny. I like it. <laughs> Our town was called Summit. That was like a, a temporary name for it back in like the 1800s before it became an affiliated town. And so we would jokingly, when we were growing up, we would jokingly call our hometown Summit. And so since we were all from the same place when we were when we were creating our business, uh, we wanted it, that to be a part of it because we're all like kind of proud of like our small town, you know, roots or whatever. It's funny when I when I typed in Summit uh, Illinois into Google, the first thing that popped up was a place called Portillo's Hot Dogs. That that is that makes more sense. Anything that has to do with Illinois is is hot dogs or fast food or something along those lines. Okay, you're you're uh you're just outside of Chicago. No, so that what you're seeing there is is not what is you, you need to look up Harristown, Illinois. Okay, okay, okay. So oh, okay, I see Decatur down there. Yeah. I see Decatur down there. Middle of nowhere. When you say middle of nowhere, when you go to like every day, do you see farm animals? Like if you drive to the store, do you see farm animals somewhere? Like do you live like that? Yes. In the I, country? I now actually, I now live in Iliopolis, Illinois, uh-huh. which is directly in between Decatur and Springfield, basically. So those are kind of like the two bigger towns. And yeah, Iliopolis has 1,100 people, I think. And so the first thing, yeah, I, I to get – to get to work every day, I'm just driving through past the cornfields, basically. Yeah. Is that town Springfield? Is that the Simpsons town? No, it's not. Is that where Carl Eagleman lives? Do you know who that is? The guy he 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 does the um, drawings he uh, on Instagram of like positions overhead squat. He's like a big old dude, like six seven, six eight. I don't think so. It doesn't sound familiar. Springfield's the, a lot of people think it's Chicago, but Springfield's the capital. Oh, okay. Okay. Are you, oh, tell, where were you born, uh, Casey? I was born in Decatur. So I'm, I'm, I've been here pretty much my whole life. And, and you were born with, uh, your arm exact, with your arm exactly the way it is today. Yes. Yes. Uh, um, when you, when you're, do they, do your parents know that before you come out? Yes, they could tell in like the sonograms or whatever that at some point, some stage along the way, my arm just basically stopped developing. I think there's a way to find out exactly why we're not. I don't really know why Um, it could have been something physical obstructed the growth of it while I was in the womb or something like that. Um, But not really sure why. Could could I see it? Yeah. The end? And then, and then where, and could you point the, Oh, so your elbow's on. Okay. So your elbow's still there. So I have a little bit of my forearm. Uh huh. So I have an elbow joint where I can, you know, hold on to stuff. Right. In yeah. There. Um, when you had your kids, did that go through your brain? Like, Oh, I wonder if this is going to be passed on. Um, a little bit, but I knew that it's not something that's genetic. So, I mean, I kind of think it thought about that. 
but there's no evidence would suggest that it's like a, a inherited trait. It's more, it's something more uh, physical or, or mechanical in the developmental process than it is something that's a genetic, uh, you know, connection or something. And, and they have, they have no theory, like the umbilical cord was wrapped around the arm there or like they have no, uh, I mean, that, that could have been it. That's, I think something that, that happens commonly. Um, I, yeah, I, there's probably, there's plenty of theories, but at least back then, as far as I know, there wasn't any way to pinpoint exactly what the mechanism was. I, 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 and then, and then when you come and when you're born, are your parents concerned that other things would be missing too? Like, like your frontal lobe or something that's like important? No, um, because there, I, I guess as far as the doctors were able to tell them, everything else was normal as far as, you know, growth and head shape and organs and everything else was normal. It was just that my arm just stopped growing at some point. Is that, do you know Kyle Maynard? Kyle Maynard. I don't think so. He, um, he owned a CrossFit gym and he had no arms and no legs. And I, Uh, yes, 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 yes. And he was born like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, like, in some of those cases, I know, um, like, certain medications, like, if, the, if uh, the mom is taking certain medications, sometimes that can be uh, uh, an issue with developmental growth or growth or, um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't really know or have never really dug deeper into why these things happen. I've never really been too concerned or, or cared too much. Cause I've always had the mindset of like, it is what it is. He, um, uh, Greg went to a, um, Greg Glassman and Kyle went to a, Oh, it's slipping my mind right now, but it's one of those, um, organizations that looks after vets who've been injured. Okay. It's just, it's the famous one. It's a big one. Uh, Anyway, and, and, and Greg and Kyle walk into the room and it's a room full of, you know, 300 dudes and all the dudes are missing something, right? Yeah. And Kyle gets up in front of the whole room and he says to the the, the room, God, and he, this dude's got no arms and no legs. And he says, God, I feel sorry for you. Greg tells me this. Kyle goes, God, I feel sorry for you guys. <laughs> Sucks. And he goes, he goes, and Greg said, like, no one else could have said that, right? And he goes, yeah. I was born like this. Yeah, I can't imagine what it was like to fucking lose. Yeah, uh, having that, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" That and and this guy's a professional speaker too. He knows what he's doing. But oh yeah, yeah, Wounded Warrior Project. Thank you, thank you, Caleb. Yeah, I say that all the time. I I say that all the time. I compete with with and against guys that are that that's their situation. They had an injury. They they you know had their entire lives knowing having two arms and then they have an injury like Logan, Logan Aldridge is a good example of that lost his arm in an accident when he was 13 years old or whatever, and had to, had to relearn everything. Um, so I tell people all the time, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones that I've, this is all I've ever known. So I've just been able to learn how to do life and how to do everything with just having one hand. So, um, are, are you right-handed or left-handed? Right-handed. Do you know that for certain? Uh, well, no, I don't I'm, even, and, not, and, it, and it begs to question like how anyone knows. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm left footed. 
but so I, there, there was some time that I thought maybe I was supposed to be left-handed. Um, but I think that handedness is a little bit more like ingrained and genetic, whereas your foot dominance is something that's learned a little bit more. Uh-huh. And so what my mom tells me is that when I was like a kid or like a toddler, when you're like, you know, you just sit and play with stuff. She said I would use my left foot a lot, basically like in place of my left hand. Uh-huh. The toy sitting down on the floor and I'm using my right hand and then I'm using my like my left foot. And I have really good like pedal dexterity in my left foot as well. I can like move my toes really well and grab stuff. And so she always said that's why she thinks that I eventually became left foot is because I was so used to using my, my left foot for things growing up and that that's something that's a little bit more environmental than it is inherited or whatever. Do you skateboard? I used to. Do you, are you, are you goofy or are you regular? I am goofy. Right. And, and but are you comfortable regular? No, no, you're not. Okay. Wow. No. Okay. I, I can hardly like, I can hardly keep myself on a skateboard if I try to go regular, uh-huh. but I'm, I'm fairly proficient if i'm if i go goofy i'm goofy i'm goofy mongo i don't know if do you know what that term is yeah 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 i don't unfortunately i do i spend I'm, way too much time at the skate park i don't even I'm, skate. Like, I'm like the point one percent of skateboarders i'm goofy mongo wow <laughs> hey no one tried to break you of the mongo habit no i just taught myself how to i just yeah that's what i do yeah what a trip I just learned it and that's what felt right. I put my left foot on the back quarter of the board. I kick with my right foot. And then whenever I go to ride, I put my right foot on and then I move my left foot to the tail. Damn, that's hardcore. <laughs> it's just, I, yeah. And then I eventually I realized that I was doing something weird. I just took, I just had to see some other people doing stuff where they were actually starting with their, their front foot on the board, kicking with their back foot. And I could never, I could like never relearn how to do it. My kids, uh, one of my kids is, he doesn't know what he is. He's been skating for a year and he he switches between regular and goofy. And my seven-year-old is now just learning. Um, he's goofy, but he's learning regular. Yeah. And, and it's a trip. I mean, kudos to any, it's like trying to learn how to, uh, uh, write with your other hand. Yeah, I'm sure. I, yeah, I, uh, my son is kind of figuring out he's got a little bit of like ambidextrousness yep and when he swings a bat or swings a golf club he swings it lefty yeah which i actually i probably should also but i always learned how to swing righty because i just uh-huh. did what her brother did uh-huh and so i i can't swing lefty so i'm like trying to learn how to like help him do these swings in the direction that i'm not used to doing it's interesting I, um, it's, I, I try to have my kids do everything with both hands. Yeah. So every day, even if it's just for five minutes, I just take a bag of balls Yeah. and and I just say, Hey, throw right and left handed to me every day or, you know, stay, kick these, kick these balls with your left foot and right foot. I think it's such a, um, I, I think it alters your perspective on the world. The more ability you have to, in a good way, the more ability you have to interact with it. Yeah. For sure. When, um, as, as, um, there's, there's some point in your life, I, I guess I'm, I'm assuming it happens to everyone, but someone finds something about themselves that 
um, that they don't like. And I'm guessing that most of the times it's because they're different, you know, and it could be like the girl whose boobs get so big, it makes her self-conscious or it could be the dude whose nose gets so big. Um, I like, I never even knew I was short until I went to college, believe it or not. But like my, I see my kids, one of my kids has already like recognized that he's short. Yeah. Um, and it, uh, I, I guess it's, well, well, I guess I I never thought of it until I heard you talk. I heard, uh, Max El Hodge ask you about it when you became aware that, uh, wait, something's on me is different. Yeah. But it's kind of weird. It's a huge moment for all human beings because then all it's like, it's like, I guess one of the first times you reflect on yourself, you don't reflect on yourself when something's good. I think all of our memories are, we reflect on ourselves when something's bad. Right. I mean, our initial ones. Yeah, probably. Um, You're never like, my parents are so great. They took me to Disneyland. It's always like, Oh fuck. I only got one arm. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, maybe until you kind of work through those things and then you can, You know, like, yeah, I mean, I 100 percent because I obviously what you're referring to is like at some point in my life when I was a kid, I was like, wait, I'm different. Yeah. And something must be wrong with me. And it called, you know, I can remember times of being angry and like wanting to be just like everybody else. But then now I can also reflect on the age that I eventually kind of, I don't know, transcended that or realize that my differences could actually be a strength or, you know, what did I get out of those things? So I, I don't know, maybe, maybe yes, you kind of have both ends of it of, of if you eventually get to that point of being able to work through whatever those, those self perceived issues are um, that then maybe you can also reflect on the quote, good, good things, I guess. Did some other kid point it out to you? Or did you realize it? Like, like oh. when you have a big nose, someone else got to point it out to you. No. You know what I mean? I, I mean, it, it was obvious I knew, but I think I had some self-awareness at a pretty young age. Um, I was hyper competitive, probably too competitive in some things. So like at what age, at what age, like at three already? Uh, yeah. Four or five years old. Like, I guess maybe it was from having an older brother that was already like active and played sports and stuff like that, that, you know, I just was trying to do the things that he was doing and I couldn't sometimes. And so there were definitely some times of frustration there. Um, and yeah, like in school, there would be, you know, kids would make fun of me or, you know, call me. I remember one kid in my neighborhood, he started calling me stumpy <laughs> and that, it made me add it. That's, that's really original. Yeah, I know. I'm like, what does that even how did I let that? I, maybe I should have. I should have been wiser as a five-year-old. But I'm like, how did I let that kid get me frustrated, calling me something so stupid as Stumpy? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there were there were times of frustration and self-doubt and like wanting for things to be different and being a little bit angry and and you know all those things, which I think everyone can go through for different reasons. Like you, like you said, everyone kind of eventually has something that they, that they look back at. There's something about the human brain that struggles with the, uh, 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 I'm sure, and I'm sure there's, there's studies on it that has troubles processing a limb missing, like from the outsider. 
it's so it's so um you're you're so 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 i i i uh, a guy i rolled up to a car accident one time a dude a dude purposely drove his car into a crowd and he killed five people yeah and i was in the I, and i walked up to it and i was going around checking on the people and yeah. the people didn't look human to me anymore like their bodies were fucking mangled yeah and i remember my brain doing some weird shit that i can't even explain like uh-huh. i couldn't i couldn't process the way they were twisted up right and so, you know, like me and you were walking past each other in the grocery store and I have, it's like the same like a three-legged dog, right? Yeah. Like you have to take a double take. Yes. Or, or it's your instant reaction because something it's, it's like a, it's, I used to take pictures of bugs and, and you would look at a bush and no one would see the bugs, but I would sit there and I would take like 20 deep breaths. And then all of a sudden the bugs are what don't fit in the pattern. Plants have like crazy patterns to them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, once you realize, Oh fuck, there's a thousand bugs in here that I never saw at first, but they don't, they don't work in the pattern. They're trying to fit in, but they don't. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you motherfucker, I see you now. You know what <laughs> I mean? They have their own fucked up pattern. That's different than the plant. And um, it must be like that everywhere you go. Like everyone who sees you has to reprocess that that was a dude with one arm, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, do you do that to people when you see someone like with one leg? Do you feel your brain do that? Like, yes, absolutely. And that's what I tell people is like, I've, I've had people like ask me or, you know, parents, parents get worried that their kids are going to offend you or, or something like that by looking or by being curious. And I'm like, I am around people that are missing limbs all the time and still whenever I see it in a, in a environment that I, I'm not expecting it. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'll double take. It's like, like you mentioned, it's just your natural human instinct when you see something that feels like it doesn't fit to what you are used to seeing. And so I, yeah, absolutely. Every, everywhere that I go in public, you can, you can feel it, you can see it. And I, I think at some point, um, if you, for, for people that are different or have some obvious physical difference that you can see, um, you eventually just kind of have to get used to it. And, and I, I, if I'm not thinking about looking for people looking at me, then I don't even, I don't even notice it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, all the time. Um, Greg Glassman, the founder of CrossFit as a kid, he had polio. And yeah. like I, I hung out with them for like fucking 10 years and, and I never heard like a peep of it, you know, uh-huh. and like I hung out with them every day. He never he never talked about it. And yeah. then finally, one day we were sitting there talking and and I don't know if you know much about polio, but but back in the day, like pe- people thought like you could touch me and get it like it was like AIDS of the day, but a thousand times scarier, th- yeah. even a th- thousand times scarier than the fucking idiots who th- about COVID. Mm-hmm. Like this shit was like, like fucking people up. Right. Who had yeah. like perfectly healthy people. And, um, and so, and so everyone, um, basically it was tough, crazy psychological shit. Like, yeah. like, like something was really wrong with you anyway. And then obviously, and then, and he had it for a year and, um, and, and they didn't know he had it. And, and of course, he, uh, I don't want to get too much into it, but of course he was vaccinated from it. And, um, uh, so as he got older, he gets into gymnastics, right? Mm-hmm. And he becomes a really fucking strong gymnast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he told me that he, 
he hated it. He hated it that people would say pretty good for a dude with polio. Yeah. He fucking hated it. And I, when he would say that to me, like I couldn't really get my head wrapped around that. But, but I feel it, right? Because right away they're putting you on the outside like something's different than you. And you're like, fuck yeah. you. Yeah. Is, is, I'm, I'm, does that, is that something you – I mean part of me would think like if I only had one arm, I would just get used to that. But, but maybe not. Like just – does it get old when people say that? Um, and, then, and then if it does get old, then why do the adaptive division? Like I hear you wanting – do you see there's kind of like a weird paradox there? You're promoting adaptive division and yet uh, there's another party who's like, fuck you. I can do everything that anyone can do. Like why do I have to be the guy with one arm? Yeah, yeah. So yes, I mean I do get that a lot. Like I grew up, I grew up playing sports. I was a football player, basketball player, um, and so and and like you know had some success there. And so people would say all the time, like, like you started on a high school basketball team. Yes. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, basketball, football, three three years of football, um, one one year starter in basketball. Wow. Um, yeah. And so I would get all. No that. one was like, "Hey, dude, you're a soccer player." I hate soccer. <laughs> like five, way too boring for me. Um, no, yeah, I mean, I I loved basketball and I love football, so that's that's what I wanted to try to go play. My school's so small, we didn't even have a soccer team, anyways. So, okay. um, hey, dude, you're track and field. You're track and field. I did I did track all and field also. You did okay. Yeah, yeah. That was probably as an individual. That was probably like my best sport. Like obviously. Um, but people would be like, man, think about how good of a football player you'd be if you had two arms. Think about how good of a basketball player you'd be if you had two arms. And I'm like, who said that? Who said that? Oh, I mean, I've had people say that. I, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, and I get that. Like, I'm, I, I see what people's point is there. I mean, it's obvious. But what I always try to do is I give them the perspective that, there was a certain point. And so this kind of goes back to one of your last questions about when, you know, when you can eventually, you know, transcend or get past whatever those self-perceived weaknesses are to find what your strengths can be. For me, I realized at a certain point that like, yes, skill wise, I was not going to be as good as a, as a lot of the players I played with or played against, but I could do, I could work harder than anybody else. And, and if you ask anybody that I played with, anybody that coached me, there's not, a, I, there wasn't a person on the basketball court that was working or playing as hard as I was at any given point. And so I, because of my differences, because of the, the clear, the obvious that I'm not going to be as good of a ball handler as people with two hands, I learned what are, I, I got what my strengths could be. And that was like, busting my tail all the time and having a great work ethic and just being scrappy and being a hustler and, you know, playing great defense and being a great teammate and being a great leader and anything I could do to keep myself to, to basically like my, my mindset was always give the coach no other option, but then to put me in the game, right. Mitigate what my limitations were by building up everything else that, had nothing to do with my limitations. And so I tell people all the time, yeah, maybe I could have been a better basketball player, a better football player if I had two hands, 
or maybe I could have just been a piece of shit that didn't really care and never had that work ethic. And I wouldn't, and maybe I never even did anything, but I kind of like went into those challenges because I enjoyed those things. And I wanted to push myself and put myself on that gold standard of, I'm not just going to try to be the best one-handed basketball player. I just want to be the best basketball player. I'm not going to just be the best one-handed football player. I just want to try to be the best football player, regardless of, of whatever I have. Um, so yes, I, I get those questions a lot, but I, I try to always give, you know, give back. I think it's a dipshit thing to say. It is. Because like, if, if I saw you smoking cigarettes, I could say to you, dude, imagine how much better you'd be if you didn't smoke. <laughs> right. right? The, Cause it's a choice. Yeah, and, and there's and it's 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 um grounded in reality. Uh-huh. There is no fucking reality. There is no uh, reality in you having a second hand. Yes. Yeah. I see what you're saying, and I it doesn't. I don't get mad about it because I can. Yeah. Yeah. Good and good on you. Because I've also thought about it. I've also right. Thought, right. I, I played wide receiver in football, which seems no like- shit the least obvious position for, for someone with one hand to play, but yeah. that's kind of based on like my size and not being super fast. Uh, that's, that's where I kind of had to play. Um, and there were times that I'm like, man, would I get, would I catch more footballs if I did have my other hand or would I, uh, you when know, you dropped the ball, would you blame the fact that you didn't have a second hand sometimes, but, but not really. Um, be- because again, it, it, then I can always come back to you. Maybe I wouldn't even be on the field right now if I hadn't worked so hard when I was 12 years old to get to this point where now I'm 16 and I'm, I'm starting varsity. You know, if, if I hadn't had some of those personal growth experiences, you know, maybe by, like, like I said, maybe I'd just be, you know, someone's just sitting at home, you know, not, not even trying. So, um, do you think you have a chip on your shoulder maybe like in a good way do you think you leveraged like your ego like um like i get fired from crossfit and now i'm like fuck you watch me take over media for my fucking little office here a little bit a little bit yeah for sure um i i try not to think about it as like a like the negative kind of like what you no said. no not negative but but use it don't let it go to waste yeah and everywhere like okay i'm not gonna drink tonight so tomorrow my podcast can be the best i'm gonna work out now so i look good on my podcast. like lever put myself in a situation where i don't want to be exposed and leverage that to like work on my insecurities you know what i mean like leverage yeah. my insecurities I'd be i'd be lying if there wasn't a small part of some of the things that i do uh, i'd be lying if i if i said that there wasn't a small part of me that was like I'm going to do this to try to prove some people wrong. And, and maybe, maybe, you, you know, sometimes you almost make up who those people are. Yeah. Of maybe course. don't fuck, but right. And maybe I don't have any of those haters that I'm kind of making up in my mind or whatever. Right. right. Like you said, you, that's, that's maybe that's your ego and you're, you're leveraging that, like you said, to, to, you know, keep you motivated or, or continue pushing into challenges or to do, to make the decisions that aren't the easy decisions. Right. Uh, yeah. Like for whatever reason, like, you know, you need to go from point A to point B and what in like almost uh, whatever it takes to trick yourself to do it needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I try to make as much of those. Ideally positive. But yes, positive 
and based on purpose and based on, you know, a real intrinsic motivation, not, I, I, I think you can, too many people can fall into the trap of like, the reason that I'm doing this is to prove the haters wrong. And I think eventually that becomes not enough. If, if, right. the, if, if, if whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, isn't, if, if it's hard and that's your only motivation, uh, that's hard to sustain. So I've, I've throughout, throughout my life, whatever it's been, it's, I've, I've tried to connect things more back to like, you know, why am I competing in CrossFit is it's, it's for me, it's not for, this public image or to prove anyone wrong or to, you know, whatever it's the, the vast, the, the majority of the reason of why I do something is for my, is for myself and the things that I've, you know, connected as being, you know, my purpose, um, which I think has allowed for me to continue doing it as long as I, as I have. I, um, how many, how many one-armed dudes and, and, and chicks are there, uh, in the United States, do you know? No, I don't. You know, I don't. If it was a million, it would be it would be one in uh, every three hundred and fifty. So that's like there's not a million because I see three hundred fifty people every day, and yeah, I don't see. How often do you see, do you think you see how outside of the CrossFit um, when you compete with other um, people with one arm? or one hand or whatever. Uh, how often do you run into someone? Not that often. Can you even remember the last time? Like, uh, like yeah. in the grocery store and you're like, do you guys nod at each other? Like two black dudes, like in a I, white area of town. You're like, what's you up? I love this. Uh, this is actually probably. No shit. Oh, missing limbs. No shit. There are yeah. too many people. Hey, dude, I bet you the vast majority of those people. Yep, vast. I bet you that's all because, dude, type two diabetes is kind of yeah. good for you yeah. because that's brought a lot of people into your club. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that uh, um, the it used to be like twenty years ago the leading people who use prosthetics were like motorcycle accidents. Now it's people who just eat eat drink too much Coca Cola. And that- Can you imagine drinking so much Coke you lose your fucking arm. Yeah, and that crazy. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay, sorry. So tell me the last time you ran into some cat. With yeah. Arm. So there's there's Amish country very close to where I live. So there's uh-huh. Amish and Mennonites. Uh-huh. I was in I was in the grocery store probably like seven months ago, uh, and this Amish guy walked up to me. He was wearing a jean jacket, denim jacket, and he like folded the sleeve back. And he goes, he looks at me. He goes, "We have something in common." And so I talked to him for a minute. He lost his arm on a, like a saw. He was, he was like, and the, he slipped and the saw cut his arm off. Dude, can you imagine what? Say that again. That was the last one I can remember, like in a random place, seeing someone else that had a, miss, a missing limb. Could you imagine like you're doing something and you look down and fucking part of your arm is I'm gone. Yeah. Hey, do you have any um, rules since you only got one arm or like shit you don't do? Like, okay, I'm not going to be around saw. Like, I'm not going to be around gu- guillotines, saws, like the cer- like certain machinery. You're like, I'm not even going close to you. Fuck off. I, I should. Like, the, that that logic is sound. Yeah. But I, but I don't. I was just helping my dad uh, cut a tree down. Just like, Oh, not you know, cool. Not cool just a couple weeks ago and I'd be lying if I didn't say the thought arises of like, man, 
<laughs> for me, if I lose, if I lose any of these fingers, like I, the value that I have in the one hand that I have is much higher than someone who has two hands. Like you guys have a 50, 50 shot. This is one and done for me. Dude. Hey, and you got an abnormally large hand too, right? Like your hand, your. Yeah. And I don't, again, I don't know, maybe that's just God's grace or maybe that's, maybe it was learned or maybe it was adaptation over time of only having one hand to use. But yeah, my relative to my height and size, my hand is, is pretty large. Like I was always able to, even at, you know, I was in high school, five foot eight and 130 pounds. And I could, I could palm a basketball and, catch a football with with one hand like Odell Beckham Jr. away from my body and, and that kind of thing. So yeah, that's that's I consider that a little bit of luck as well, maybe. I, I God, I, I wanna say that it's uh the body compensating. I think so. I can I can see that. I think it's yeah, you probably adapt by by just, you know, using everything that I've ever done with my hand. I've only had one hand to do so to do it with. So yeah, maybe just the extra resistance and, and strength and that kind of thing has just naturally made it grow, made my hand grow a little bit bigger. Have you ever injured that arm? I had that hand broken it or I broke my wrist uh, in high school football, like a week and a half before like two a day practices started my sophomore year. And so I went through like the first two weeks of football I had a cast on and had to like pat, put a big carpet pad and tape it up. So I, I pretty much had like no, no hand. And I played wide receiver going. Hey, did you lose a lot of weight when you broke your wrist because you, you ate less? No, no. I I was still able to eat. Like I, I could grab stuff. I had like my fingertips and my thumb. I could grab I still could wipe my butt, which was nice. I didn't have to, as a 16 year old, I didn't have to have a, someone help me, you know, take care of my own hygiene. My seven year old still asked me to wipe his ass. <laughs> I, and I oblige. Well, I've had three people with one arm on this show. Have you? That's pretty crazy. I wonder if I have the record in the podcast game for um, most one arm. I, I had Bethany Hamilton. Oh, yeah. And I had Logan Aldridge. Yeah. And now I have this two-time CrossFit Games champion, uh, Casey Acri. You probably have the record. Probably have like a, I wonder if I have a fetish, if I need to be checked. Uh, <laughs> Big and Flexi, congrats, champ, even doing it for you. You're smashing stereotypes and being an incredible example of our youth. I don't know. I'm thinking – I think – my stereotype uh, Big and Flexi of one-armed dudes is they're all kind of like him. I knew this other dude. His name was Vern Martell. They called him the one-armed bandit. He was from Canada. And uh, Vern with a V, Martell, and he was this amazing arm wrestler. And I was pretty good friends with him. When I think of one-armed dudes, I think of them as kind of like you. Well, maybe. Like just go-getters. Maybe that's just because you've had the chance to get exposed to because, you know, the that's it's interesting and it, it's, it's amazing and it's attracting it's, you know, it's, it's attractive to see people that are different being able to do things like that. But I, right. mean, to, to that, to that comment, I mean, there are, there are people that they have an accident and like 
depression and just, you know, zero, zero sense of purpose. And, and, you know, so that, that can kind of go back to your last, uh, your, a couple questions ago, you asked why, why do adaptive if I'm, you know, trying to be as competent and as capable and everything as I possibly can. Normal. You want to be normal and get you in the adaptive class. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, well, first off, I just like to compete and I like to train and, I mean, I, I tried to do quarterfinals in the open division and they wouldn't let me. No shit. I, I saw that, that you made quarterfinals. You were top 1200. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean? They wouldn't let you. They, I be, they, uh, I don't know. Kind of a long explanation. First off, they were mad because I created two CrossFit games accounts to be oh, able I like to it. That. Cause you can't, you can't sign up for two divisions under one account. Dude, brilliant, brilliant. So I just created two accounts, uh, and they didn't like that, which I'm like, why wouldn't you like that? I paid two registration fees. Yeah. Um, and there, there was the assumption that I was going to have to modify movements from their actual standards, which is the case at times. Like I did like the, the open workout that has alternating dumbbell snatches. I didn't alternate. I did them all on one, one arm, which technically is not within the standards of the movement. Right. So there's, so there's, those are some of the reasons of like, yes, there are some things that I don't do correctly by standards. It's not that it's an advantage. I don't think, uh, but it, it, it's true. How weird is it that you, because you're missing an arm might have some issues entering the individual class, but yet a dude can enter the women's class. I'm, I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble, but meshing, I'm having trouble meshing those together. Me and you, you and I both, you and I both. I'm having trouble. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty go with the flow. So whenever I was told that I was not going to be allowed to donate my $50 to CrossFit so that I didn't take, one spot away from the guy who took 5,887th in North. Yeah, I, uh, there was some frustration there. I mean, even that wording is fucked up, by the way. I don't mean to hate on CrossFit. I, I, I don't know how it exactly works over there, but take away. Like, you, like you're take, you have one arm, and so you're taking something away from that dude. Yeah, because it's, like, it's like it's not even your fault. It's not – if you chopped off your arm on purpose – yeah. I was I could see at least like going to court over it, but you're fucking born like that. It was a like, and what also the fuck, I I beat that guy in the open. That was the other. Yeah. Like he should be embarrassed that I beat him. <laughs> Don't be a dick, Casey. <laughs> He's probably fifty in Armenian and only five five. Don't be a dick. Maybe, maybe if that's the case, I mean that's fine. And so I, I mean. Look, I wasn't going to make the next stage, and I was still planning on doing the adaptive divisions. And it's the adaptive divisions give me a chance to compete. That's you know that's that's one thing is like I know that there's going to be a set of standards that are as fair as possible. That, that, that allows- <laughs> oh shit, he can identify as a two armed cisgender man. That's my- Hold on. Oh no, what is cisgender? That's like um. You you have a penis and you like vagina? Is that? Yeah. It means yes. You're straight. We're born. Yeah, okay. okay. Identify as a male is what cisgender is, I believe, right? 
Oh, man. Or you were born a female and you identify as a female. Wow. Hey, um, you you don't have um. So how well how is that resolved? Did they how was that? They just said they just slapped you around a little bit and took away your fucking your individual account and tossed you an adaptive. I just didn't get I didn't get the official quarterfinals registration invite. I got the initial one. Unreal. I, I slipped through that first crack. I got the fir- the first one that was like, "Hey, you're top ten percent in North America." In the, in the coming days, expect to get your official registration link or whatever. And then uh, someone fa- saw that I had gotten, you know, qualified for quarterfinals and they were like curious how I had done both divisions. And then it kind of worked its way up to, I don't know. I, I don't know how far up it had to go for someone to say, no, we're not going to allow for someone who's going to have to modify movements to take a spot away from someone else that qualified. I would love to see you do that sandbag event. Yeah. I'd get just get really drunk and watch you do it. (laughs) (laughs) And with one arm, Casey agree, Ricky move Casey's turn. Get off. Stop celebrating Ricky. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Ricky, do you, you train underdogs athletics? I, I'm, I work with them. So I, I coach for underdogs. Uh Uh Uh-huh. I ride an adaptive competitors program for them, um, as well as coach uh, remote coach individuals uh, through underdogs. So yeah, I'm I'm part of that part of that underdogs camp. And, not, and how did that? How did that? Sorry, no, I was just saying I'm not. I don't train in person with them or anything, but just through the interwebs, I'm part of that underdogs camp. How how did that happen? How are you and are you friends with Kotler? Um. Honestly, it just happened. I mean, I, so like I mentioned with my, with my business, um, I do a lot of remote coaching, like vast, vast majority of my clientele is, is remote. Um, because I, I live and my gym is in a a County in a town that's very, very unhealthy and doesn't value exercise very much. Um, which is both good and bad. Uh, so it, it definitely inhibits the market. So um, being able to, I, I started coaching remotely years ago. Um, and that's, that's one of like the biggest parts of my profession is remote coaching. Um, last, last fall, September, October underdogs basically just put out like that they were, they were looking for remote coaches to start, um, working with some athletes. So I, I basically just, I didn't know any of them personally, um, I just submitted my application and, and all that business and a little cover letter and, um, had a, had a couple of phone conversations with Justin and, and, uh, yeah, they, they hired me as a coach and started writing the adaptive program in January. Um, and so, yeah. Um, you're, you when I, I, I saw that you're an OPEX guy. Yeah. Um, when I think of OPEX people, I think of like smarty pants. <laughs> like I, I think of them as being like a little more like, complicated and smarter than the rest of us average like crossfitters like they, uh, they like they fall into the weeds like it's a good and bad thing yeah maybe maybe i mean for, for me and i might be totally wrong if i got the stereotype wrong you slap me around i'm open i see i can see where you get that i can see based on some of their media and and maybe some of the coaches that come from that from that realm um like i would think of fakowski as being an opex guy yeah, because he's just like very analytical and and planned and stuff like that. 
Yeah, and maybe even maybe even Vellner or like that guy Lucas Parker up in Canada, just like. Yeah, I mean, I maybe maybe it is a stereotype that you're developing there. Yeah, <laughs> I do not stereotype. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I took OPEX's coaching course, and that was for me when I was in the process of of deciding when when I knew that eventually I wasn't going to stay at at CrossFit Enhance the hospital uh, CrossFit for forever. Um, and I, at that time I had, I had started doing some remote coaching just kind of on the side. Um, I, I, I felt like that was a good program for me to take. Cause I, I thought that, you know, coaching remotely, coaching individuals remotely would be something that I would be good at and that I would enjoy. And so that was kind of like a good framework for me to transition from being like a group coach to a, a one-on-one coach, um, which, yeah, that's that's. I, I think OPEX has a lot of great content, and as far as the coaching certificate program, like that's that's as thorough as it gets. It's a full year. I mean, I, I have a master's degree in exercise science, and I got more from that one year, that one year coaching program than than I did from my five years of of studies. Remarkable. You would think, or, or I don't know, does this make sense to you that they would offer all of the games champions free affiliation? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know that that would be something that I would take advantage yeah. of as we've, we've been able to kind of broaden our market a little bit. I'll tell you this. I'll just yeah, tell me. Uh, straight up. In Ader, Illinois, it's my opinion that the cross, CrossFit's a little bit watered down. Um, there was because of CrossFit enhanced being so big and and for many years, um, and, and the hospital was basically able to make memberships like dirt cheap. Uh, the, the, the market is just kind of at its limit on CrossFit here in a town that the population goes down every single year. And it's Macon County, Decatur's in Macon County. It's literally other than Cook County. It's the most, it's the unhealthiest county in, in all of Illinois. Um, no shit. Yeah. So like, like I said, you think wow. owner, that would be a good thing, but the people there also have to value doing fitness. And it's just a very black like, blue collar industrial town. This is where we, the, one of the largest soy processor uh, processors is here in Decatur and, um, so it's just not the, it, honestly, it's not the greatest market for fitness. Um, so by being a one-on-one coach, like I said, I've just been able to broaden my market and, um, work remotely, um, which is, which is beneficial being where I'm at. How tall are you? Five, nine and three quarters. And, and, and you grad, you graduated high school, like between 135 and 150. I was, I was one, probably 140 when I graduated high school. Yeah. And, and what's the most you've ever weighed in your life? Have you ever hit 200? Oh yeah. I was two, I was shit. I was 205 just like four or five months ago before I started kind of cutting down for the competition season. Fuck dude. That's huge. Yeah. I had no upper body strength whatsoever because I just, uh, when I was in high school, I didn't know I hadn't developed like the adaptations and modifications for movements and I, I didn't know I could press a barbell overhead. And so I, I really just like in high school, I squatted and I conditioned. 
So I just had no upper body strength. So I was very, I was very just thin and lean. I was a little like high. a track star. I was a, yeah, I was a middle distance runner. I ran the mile 800 and two mile a little bit. So did a lot of long, long running throughout the year as well. So yeah, I've put on, I've put on some size and some weight since, since high school for sure. And, and how, how old did you say you are? I will be 30 this year. And you're the only person to have ever won. Your division showed up two years ago, and now you've won it two years in a row. The uh, what's it called? Upper extremity. Yes. Um, this is sorry for the leading question. Um, uh, what did you think about the award ceremony for the adaptive class? Um, I hey. don't. I don't think about it. I guess. Okay, I hated it. Same thing for all. It's the same thing for the age groups and. It's the same money essentially. So I don't know. I don't really, I don't really care. The, 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 here's the thing. It, it was it, um, it, it, for, when they march all you guys out like that, it, uh, the adaptive class, there, there's, first of all, there's not a lot of you. It's not like the age class where there's, it's just goes on forever. There's not a lot of adaptive classes. Yeah. Um, I, I would rather they just, if they have, if they have a time issue, just I- introduce the champs. Yeah. Don't introduce second and third place. I'm okay with, but when they marched all of you out, there is a um, circus freak component to it that I fucking did not like. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like, look, there's the bearded woman. Look, there's the guy who uh, with two heads. It's, I, it's, I just, and maybe it's just me, but I'm like, what the fuck? Like, j- like just, just bring out the champs, and then, and then bring out, and then maybe for the masters too. Just introduce the champs. Sorry, we don't got time. But to mesh them all out, there's an. In, I would rather be more elitist than inclusive and be more sincere, the love for them. Because I, 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 I'm just being a, uh, you know, I have to fill the hour and 15 minutes we're going to talk, but, but I, but I do, but I did feel that, but I did feel that when they came out. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got to remember that CrossFit's really pushing for this inclusivity and all that stuff. So maybe for them, the, that, that's something that they bring them all out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't even need the individual second and third place to be honest with you. And 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 the um t- and when they when they when they show the event on YouTube, they um I'm trying to think where it was. Like they they do just focus on the winners, and I think that that's fine. Yeah, there's a I, lot of people. There's a lot of people. They got time constraints. Yeah, I mean, I, I can I can get both. I can see both sides because. I, I think it's better for the brand too. If they're like, this is Casey Acre. He's two times champion. Good fucking luck beating him. Instead of just like, Hey, here's all the people who are missing body parts. It's like, yeah. I, I think it's better for the brand. I can see it both ways. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you. You're with me or you can see it both ways. Uh, I think that that's the same thing. <laughs> um, when you, because of what you know about imbalance, and I've heard you talk about that. Um, yeah. You're, do you think you're equally qualified? Um, well, do you think that makes you more qualified? Um, do you think that that helps you as a, um, like, I think one of the things that fucked me up was I was a filmmaker for 20 years and I always held the camera like this. Yeah. And I should have had someone tell me, Hey dude, you got to like 50, 50 that shit. Yeah. And I'm twisted now. I gave uh-huh. myself scoliosis or something. Uh-huh. Um, do you, 
is that something you discovered on your own? It seems so obvious, but like I didn't unfuck myself or did someone tell you that? And like, how does that play out into your coaching? Uh, no, I mean, that's something that I, I started kind of figuring out on my own. Um, and I mean, it's not that I didn't have things that I could go and, and research. I mean, I, I was like deep in the, the K star mobility wad stuff for a long time. And, and, um, you know, OPEX talks a lot about structural balance and like, there's, it's not that I'm like, you know, reinventing the wheel or anything. Um, but as far as how I'm applying those things to myself and what I'm doing, that was something that just over time and, and just through experience, um, I've, I've figured out. And I've always said that, um, you know, for me, I, I started training like an athlete before there was even anything offered for adaptive athletes. And before I even knew what the fucking adaptive athlete was, uh, and so I've always felt like training for me is kind of what I enjoy the most. And so I was, uh, I've been doing it for a long time. So I eventually just kind of figured it out what was going to work best for me. Oh man, that's a long time ago. Holy cow. Um, but yeah. And then, so then I'm able to use those experiences that, that I've had and, and apply some of that to the people that I coach. Cause I, like I said, I do work with adaptive athletes. I work with people, with, with one arm or one leg or whatever. And, and it's all just based on principles and kind of understanding the, the body a little bit. And then also seeing what are the, when and why are those imbalances going to arise? Because we are doing things that aren't where the, the amount of volume that I do on my right shoulder is going to always be higher than what I do on my left shoulder. So what can I do to mitigate some of those imbalances? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I can use those experiences in my coaching. I think that that's probably one of the reasons that I've, I've attracted some of the, some of the adaptive athletes that I have. What are, what are some of the, your, what's like your all time best back squat? Uh, 440 back squat. What about a 20 rep? Oh, 20 rep back squat is like 295. Crazy. Maybe I think. Maybe could do, I haven't done a 20 rep back squat in a long time. I can maybe go a little heavier than that now. I've and, got, and, and, and how about deadlift? I just, I, I'm not a great hinger. I just PR'd my deadlift a couple months ago at 426. Crazy. Um, that was always, that was an imbalance because like I mentioned, when I was in high school, I could back squat, but I didn't know, I, I hadn't figured out the straps that I used. So I never deadlifted when I was in high school. I just... I just back squatted and I think I'm a, my, my anthropometrics are suited a little bit more for squatting. I, I squat like a, like a Chinese Olympic weightlifter kind of. And so it's just, I'm not, I'm not super comfortable in a hinging position. Um, is your, is your deadlift supposed to be more than your back squat? Yeah, I would say probably 99, 98% of the world are going to deadlift more than they can squat probably. Maybe that's why I'm screwed up too. I definitely deadlift more than I squat. Oh, but you don't. Right. I got it. Yeah. So I'm not screwed up like you. Okay. Correct. Uh, what, uh, what about pull up? What's the most weighted pull up you ever did? Ooh, oh, uh, probably I've done like a 70 pound strict pull up probably. Um, I, you, you put that strap around your forearm um is that hairball does that ever uh, does that ever come off 
that strap in an explosive movement like that and then and the barbell comes free um yeah i mean i've had i've had straps rip like i've been doing like a clean and you know hit the hit the extended the powerful extension part of the lift and the strap rips and the bar kind of but never never come off the end like just come off the end no can you feel down there if it were slipping would you feel it yeah but i mean if you think about it with it sitting in i mean you could imagine like if you just held onto a strap in your elbow pit right. you could that locked position pretty strong like the the leverage there is is pretty easy so you know the 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 grip strength that i have there since the lever arm is not very long is is really really strong um so no it's never been i i i don't think that I've ever felt like I was, you know, going to come flying. I, if anything, honestly, I lose grip in my hand before I do in my, in my elbow. What's this bone called in here? Uh, the medial side is the ulna and the lateral side is the radius. Do you have the, an ulna and a radius in I that have, arm? I have a little bit of my, my, my ulna and radius. Yes. Because, and I know that because I have, uh, elbow flexion, which your uh-huh. bicep attaches to your ulna, and that's how you that's how you bend your forearm. And I have a little bit of little bit of rotation, and you can kind of palpate and feel the the bones in there. So, yeah, they're there. They just that's that's where it ends. What a trip! I um, I has anyone ever have you ever had that X ray and looked in there and see how it like it it comes to a head at the end? I haven't. I need to. I need to get some radiologist friends or something, don't I? Oh, I don't know how anatomy works, but those two, I'm assuming that those two bones, the, the, whatever you said, the ulna and the other radial thing that at some point they go into the, like they're being both held in the elbow somehow. And then they're both being held in the wrist somehow. And I'm wondering what's at the end of yours. Yeah. that's, that's Or if a, they're just like, just free balling. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like it's, it's very, it's very strong and, and stable. Like, yeah, I don't know if those two are like kind of fused together or something like that. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I'm sure it looks pretty goofy. Um, do you uh, do you floss your teeth? I do. I use flosser sticks though. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. I used to try to. I used to have to wrap around the floss on each finger, and then like go. Yeah. Like, but I then the flosser sticks started coming out, and it was a game changer for me. I, I was at the CrossFit Games uh, this one time, and um, Kyle was in the stands, and I was uh, I chewed a piece of gum, and he was like five seats away from me, and I think it was at the CrossFit Games. We were somewhere together, and he said, "Oh, can I have a piece of gum?" And I purposely like threw the pack at him, <laughs> like to fuck with them, but uh-huh. you could, but you couldn't fuck with them. The dude had no arms and no legs his whole life. He fucking caught it, pulled out the stick, and did the like, like there was no fucking with them. That's awesome. Yeah, he 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 had a had it figured out. Um, there was a guy. Uh, there's some blind people now that weren't. Um, I don't know if you've seen them. They do this uh, clicking thing, and they use sonar. Uh-huh. I guess I guess it's sonar, and they can ride bikes, and they can be like, I'm passing a bush. Or they can roller skate, and they don't need a stick, and they're completely yeah. blind. They've been blind by birth. Yeah, and. My understanding is, is the reason why they can do that is because no one fucked with them and gave them the stick. And it, it, the, um, the, I, I can't believe I'm going to use this word, but you know how like there's this word called mansplaining, 
Um, A normal person didn't try to fix their problem for them. Yeah. They fix their own problem. Right. Have have you ever had any of that where it's like the able-bodied people try to give you something like a prosthetic or something? And really it's like, hey, dude, like you're actually fucking me up and making me weaker. Yeah, I stopped. I stopped getting prosthetics when I was like five years old because I had had a couple. Um, they were so uncomfortable and cumbersome back then that I it, it just I just never wore it. Um, so I had yeah. I mean, I had started figuring out pretty much everything without it. So then, whenever I would put it on to try to you try to practice and try to use it. It was just honestly slowing me down. I had to think about things more with it on than with it off. So, yeah, I think I was five years old and, and it was like time where I needed to get a new one because I had grown or whatever. And I was I told my parents that I didn't want another one. So I've never I've never used a prosthetic or anything like that. Um, I mean, other other than that, I've been always pretty inventive and, and independent on most things where you know, I don't know, the teachers or whatever, give a little bit of guidance, but they, I've, I've always just kind of, you know, been able to figure out most things at, at some point. I mean, there's things that we take for granted, right? Like I get onto the tram at like an airport and I got my luggage in one hand or my cell phone, another hand, and then the tram takes off. And with my other hand, I grab the, the pole. I guess yeah. you, I guess you have enough to grab the pole though, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, how did you meet your, how did you meet your wife? Um, we actually grew up in the same town, same area. We are, she grew up in a different town, but all one, one school district. Um, and so I've, I've known her since I was in sixth grade when our schools consolidated. Um, and we, but we didn't start dating until I was in college and she was a senior in high school. It, um, and everyone must know who you are. It must be like, hey, I'm going to Casey's house, and they're like, who's that? And, oh, the, you know the dude with one arm. Oh, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're going to the park to throw the football, right? It's like everyone's got to know who you are in in fucking Illin- in a small town in Illinois. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And uh, and so, um, how did you if you, if you're in college and she's in high school, how did you guys meet? Church or no? I mean, we were good friends. Um, for a long time, she was, she was all, she was about to graduate and, um, we had both been in other relationships in high school and yada, 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 had friends that that's, that's just how it goes. when you're in a small town, we had like, she dated one of my friends and I dated one of her kind of friends or whatever. Um, but we were always like good friends and kind of hang, hung out in the same group or whatever. And then, yeah, I mean, I don't know how do those things happen. You just decide that you want to start talking to someone a little bit more and you want to take them to go get something to eat. And then here we are about, you know, 10 years later, we've got, we're married, you have two kids and yeah. Does she train? Uh, she exercises. I don't say, I wouldn't call what she does training. She would, I hope she's not offended by that. I don't think she would be, but she, she exercises. She likes to be active, but it's hard when you have two kids and she's a teacher, she's a high school teacher and she, oh shit, she's coached sports and she's coached basketball and volleyball. And so we're, we're very busy. Um, so she does what she can. Yeah. That's intense. Are you, um, do you homeschool your kids? No, we do not. I, you, you want to help me? I've been trying to talk her into 
<laughs> It'll happen. It'll happen. Don't worry. Only a couple more bad things need to happen, and everyone will be homeschooling. She teaches in the at the same high school that we graduated from, and like so, we're really we really love our school district. Her, my son, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. About to start pre K, and his my my wife's sister was going to be his pre K teacher. It, and you live in a totally different world than me. I am I'm I'm in in California. I'm like in a in the in the hive of insanity. Yeah, and uh, and you you're in a totally different. Uh, yes, yes. Like Mike, like your kids are probably left alone. They're just taught adding, subtracting, how to good penmanship, and go be on the playground and be a nice kid. It's not like that in in these school districts here. Yeah, it's it's pretty chill. It's pretty chill. It's pretty standard school as of right now. I mean, we are in Illinois, so there is we are we are yeah. to the whims of the Chicago world. So week uh, as long as we can kind of basically just ask for them to leave us alone, then we should we should be okay most of the time. I, I heard Atlanta just passed. I heard this morning that Atlanta just passed Chicago as the most dangerous uh, big city in the United States. Did you hear that? Oh, surprised. But I mean, Free. at that at that point, does it really fucking matter who's one and who's two? No. Good <laughs> point. Great point. Great point. Um. I, I, uh, why um, – when you say when you say that um, CrossFit is watered down, did that mean that there's too many gyms or that there's not a respect for it? What did you mean by that exactly? Uh, basically, the – kind of the two bigger gyms in the area for years instead of oh, – I, I don't want to make – I don't want to offend anybody. Instead of trying to make things better – to make themselves more valuable, they just undercut each other's prices. Okay. So you want to hear something crazy? Please. In 2017, when I was still at the CrossFit gym, an unlimited membership was $80 per month. Wow. An unlimited family membership was $110 per month. Wow. That's open gym. That's classes. Um, and that was like, and we were more expensive than some of the other gyms in the area. So when that's, that's kind of like the model. And that's what, when, when you're in a town that's, we have a finite population, it's not growing. It's, it's, it's going down every year. Kind of the, the people that are going to do CrossFit are doing CrossFit. Then, then that's just what they expect. Like they just, that that's what the market expects the value of CrossFit at. Unfortunately, and that's and then just, I mean, it's 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 ridiculous that you can go to Springfield that's only, you know, 45 minutes away and the CrossFit memberships are two times that. Right. So I don't know. It's just a weird it's just a weird situation with how the gyms here grew and developed. And then eventually that was just kind of like what was expected. And and yes, there's there's three or four CrossFit gyms in a in a relatively small town. It's a big, big town, but it's a declining population. Um, how are the games? How, how, how are the, the events and the, in the, in the whole experience? Oh, this year was awesome. The events, that, that was probably what I was most pleased with. I think like last year with it being the first year of them doing it, they, they kind of had to be very simplistic in our, in our program design. 
so like we had the we did like a long run and then we did a deadlift one at max and then we did uh, the swim event so there's just a lot of like very simple there wasn't much complexity um th- this year it was like they they kind of went for it a little bit i felt like we got to do you know the odd object stuff and and our run wasn't just a run like it was the run and rope climb and, and dumbbell push press event um, and you dominated you want you took first in every event i did yeah do you think maybe that's why you liked it so much? What's that? I said, do you think maybe that's why you liked it so much? I mean, I'm sure it, I'm sure it helps. <laughs> I still, I, what, like, I always still want to go out there and get to express what I'm capable of and just yes. always do that. Right. Um, and, and I also want to be challenged. And like, there were parts of it that even when you're winning, you're still, you're still being challenged in yourself and what you're capable of. And I still will always try to have these, like I, I, there's a workout that I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm confident I can win this. Let's, let's try to do it unbroken or let's try to see if I can push my run pace here or, you know, whatever. I'll try to, you know, find ways to continuously challenge myself. Um, and, and that's the field that I compete against, even though I won every event is I wasn't a lot of the events. It's not like I was just way out ahead and it was just like, I could stand there. I'm being pushed on every single one. I've got some pretty freaking fit dudes that I'm competing against. So every event I'm going into it, like, man, I got to really execute this and I got to make sure I do this. And like, I'm, I'm scared of this guy. I'm scared of this guy. These guys aren't going to just go out there and let me win them. That's they want to win. They're kind of, I compete against some crazy dudes and they're, they're awesome athletes and they, they take it very seriously too. So, um, yeah, it was, it was fun. The the whole, whole way yeah do they drug test you they do they do yep so you you took your pants down the guy watched you pee in the in the cup absolutely that was the hardest event of the whole thing of holding a cup and and pissing into it without getting pee all over the place oh shit how did you do that uh i have long fingers (laughs) so i hold a cup oh right 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 so, like, I would hold my penis away, but you could also just dangle your penis into the cup and pee and then lower the cup so that your penis doesn't hang in to go into the pee. Whereas I might piss, like, I might keep my penis out of the cup. Yeah, yeah. Like, there, there's a little more dexterity needed for me doing everything with one hand. But Hey, don't judge me. It's hard with two hands, too. Don't I, You don't know. You don't know. You don't I, know. You can't judge. I can imagine. I don't mean to be ableist, but I can imagine. You're so close-minded. <laughs> um, um, so um, they they test you guys. You compete, and uh, and how, how many how many dudes um, do a lot of guys not get to go to? Do a lot of guys not get to go? What do you mean by that? Like to the games? There's only five of you, but are there a hundred guys who are trying to go? Yeah, there were over a hundred my in my division in the open. Yeah, and and there's no age. It's it's. It's open. It's, it's open. What was the youngest guy? Do you know what the youngest guy is out of the whole group? I don't mean at the games, but out of the whole group. Like, is there a seventeen-year-old? Oh shit, I don't know. I'm sure there. Is. I'm sure there is. Yeah. And who's? Do you know who the oldest is? Like, you see any seventy-year-old dudes? There's some old dudes. Yeah, there's some guys in their fifties, um, for sure. I don't. Some of those guys. I mean, I, I like personally know some guys that are pretty old that I've you know that have competed in like the the scale divisions at Wadapalooza, like scaled adapted division at Wadapalooza that I know. I don't know. Oh, and you're the five times winner at Wadapalooza? 
yes. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Are you doing it next year? Am I? Again? Um, as of right now, I'm kind of tentatively planning on it. Um, it's this past year wasn't a lot of fun, but I'm hoping that it will be a little bit better. Why wasn't it fun? Well, we just a lot of things. I think I think Wadapalooza is almost trying to become too big. Like they, I mean, they have they have divisions that are they have beginners scaled intermediate rx elite the age group divisions the adaptive divisions it's just like it was almost too much and so like we in a three-day competition we did five events and i'm just i don't know i just felt like i didn't get my money's worth you know we had saturday of the competition we did one event our event was at five o'clock so i'm just like you know, sitting around hanging out all day long. And- was that because of the rain, though, or were you only going to do five period? Nope, we did. We got all of our scheduled events in. Oh, is it? Is it? We? Is it? Like, I, here's something I struggle with. So, and and I don't know how it is with the adaptives, but with the age group people, like they want so much. Mm-hmm. Like the age groups are just they have the they have they have they have uh, men and women, and then they have all those fucking age groups. Yeah. And like with with upper extremity or or with adaptive, you don't get any of that. It's just like dudes, girls, and like doesn't matter what age you are, you all go into the same pile. And I get it. It's and I and I get it. It's are you okay with that? Because it does make sense to me. At some point you have to like think logistics, right? Like you could be like, that's not fair, but it's like, yeah, but fuck, dude, there's only a hundred of you, and over here there's three thousand sixty-five year old women. Right. Yes. But then what would be the point of having the competition if broken down like that? If you had three guys in the whole world that were in the upper extremity, 50 to 54 division, right? What's is that? That's, I mean, I get the idea of like, they're not, they're maybe not going to get to compete against. They're not going to be able to compete against someone that's 25. And just the cost of it too, right? Yeah. Just running the lights to keep the fucking place open pro- probably costs $68 and your registration's gone. It's like, yeah. It's so, so do you ever feel that like, Hey, on both, on both sides, it's like, Hey, quit complaining so much or like, Hey, you're not doing enough for us. Like, I feel like that there's, I mean, we always only hear about the complainers. Yeah. I'm in the, how are the adaptive group as a whole? Are they pretty chill or? Uh, there's a little bit of both. Yeah. I'm, I'm just in, like, I'm in the camp of like, you just try as, as good, as good as we can. And just, yeah, there are definitely people that, uh, are frustrated or feel like there are things in the, in the adaptive CrossFit world that aren't fair or that, that we don't get enough recognition or that the divisions aren't broken down enough or, I mean, it's, there's, the- yeah. Like, are there dudes that hate on you because you have your elbow? Uh, and he's like, fuck like, like the, uh, like, uh, Logan doesn't have his elbow. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, like, fuck that. I should, that guy should be in his own class. Maybe, maybe a little bit. And, and again, like this is kind of the conversation we're having one day, those divisions might be broken down where I'm considered, I'm considered an upper extremity, two points of attachment because I have the ability to use straps or devices right. to hold a barbell with both points or to hold onto a pull-up bar with both points. Whereas Logan, for example, would be 
a one point. Right. At the games, what they essentially try to do is basically mitigate those differences as much as possible. So that, oh, by by what events they choose? Yeah. So like we do instead of us doing a barbell snatch last year at the games, we did a dumbbell snatch for example. Right. Right. And did a one last year at the games, we did one arm skier instead of two arm skier. Right. So, yeah. The irony is, is that you tried to go individual. <laughs> right. I mean, I knew I'm not, I'm, I know I'm not going to make it to a semifinal or something, but it's but still fun to try. Last year I did quarterfinals. I got, I signed up, submitted my scores, the whole thing. I had, how did you do? Um, I don't remember. I was like 4,000 or 3,000 or something in North America. I was 135th on one of the workouts in all of North America. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Amy Tomlinson, what are your thoughts on the fairness of the adaptive division? Example, Joshua M. being able to do butterfly pull-ups, spar ring muscle-ups, double touches, 200-pound plus snatch, 300-pound plus clean. Basically, I know – he has an adaption, but why? What is this dude like? Uh, so what? What's Josh's deal? Does he just is he just a regular dude who entered the adaptive class? No, he has a condition called Herb's palsy. So it's basically some neurological and physical deformation of his shoulder. Yeah, that prevents him from being able to get in certain ranges of motion and inhibits his strength um, to an extent. And so he's able to compete in the upper extremity. Um, I mean, yes, he can do all those things, but almost everything that we do at the games is, is one arm anyways. Like he doesn't, we didn't do a barbell clean. So even though he can, I can do barbell cleans too with, with two points of attachment. Um, but we just, we don't do that. We did a front squat as our strength test, because that's something that was, you know, level across the, the variations of disability that are within the division. Um, and uh, I mean, there are going to be things like, Okay, yeah, he can he can push off with both of his arms when he does a burpee. To what degree is he limited on the one side? How can you really know? Um, I mean, there's going to be things that are unfair, and it's so easy to hate on the neurological people. Like there was a girl that was was on the podcast a couple times during the week, and I was like, my brain was like, she's not, she doesn't belong in adaptive. But I have no business saying that. I mean, that's just me just being a complete ignorant asshole. But my brain was saying that. It's, I mean, it's so complex. Yeah. It's, it just is, it's, there's the, you're right. The neurological division is tough because so much of it you can't see. And how do you, how do you quantify how much their disabilities are actually affecting their ability to express their fitness? And um, yeah, but like the thing is like there's people in the adaptive world that get frustrated because they think that things are unfair, that they're never going to have a chance or whatever, whatever. But the only way uh, the only way to eventually get to, uh, you know, make it grow where we maybe could have more broken down divisions is for everyone to stay involved and to continue signing up and doing the best that we can. And um, I mean, really, a lot of us got into training when there was no CrossFit games for the adaptive division. So why are you going to let the you, your, your perception that things are unfair, discourage you from continuing to train or continue to try to challenge yourself. Um, because numbers is, and getting the best athletes in, as we possibly can is how it's going to eventually grow. So people getting frustrated and just saying, you know, 
fuck it, we're not signing up. That that doesn't really help anything. At the end of the day, these are all great fucking problems to have. Yeah. I'm glad we're I'm glad we're I'm glad we're arguing about who belongs in the neurological class as opposed to, hey, we need a neurological class. Yeah, I agree. And I think people have that you have that's a bit of a rose colored lens, maybe people would say, but I think that there's I think it's the truth, I think. And that's the same perception that I have. Like I'm just thankful. I, I tell people all the time. I, I mentioned this in my, my post event interview with, with Derek that it was like 2013. I was in college. My, my now business partner and good friend had started doing like com workouts. And I was like, all right, sure. I'll, I'll mess with it a little bit. I had, I'd just been, you know, bodybuilding and just kind of learning some of the being able to use straps for certain movements and stuff like that. And, um, I just started doing CrossFit and I loved it. It was challenging and there were things that I couldn't do that I wanted to try to learn how to do. And I started following like what's rich doing. So it was like, a, you know, competitors type program. And I started following it and modifying or adapting to myself. I started basically training like an athlete before there was anything that I could ever, you know, really have a chance of competing in. And I, I, I said back then, I'll train like an athlete because it's enjoyable for me and it's fun for me. And I want to do it and I want to challenge myself. And maybe one day down the road, there will be a competition for me. I don't know, but I'll be ready when it comes. And Uh. I had that kind of intrinsic. I just, I just wanted to train like that for myself before there was ever a competition that existed. And I challenged some of my clients with that question of like, would you be willing to train this hard and challenge yourself and do these hard things if the competition didn't exist? And if you don't, if you wouldn't, then maybe you shouldn't even be doing it. This dude swept the board and barely got any recognition. <laughs> what are you talking about? I got I, the DI council made me bring him on. What are you talking <laughs> about? Hey, um, great, great uh, note to, to um, end on. Uh, Dutch Lowy said it to me in 2008. If you don't know what, you want to do the best thing you could do is be prepared for the unknown and unknowable. And what gets you uh, in that place is CrossFit or OPEX or, or, or any of that stuff. Hey yeah. dude, thank you so much for coming on. Of course. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we did it. Um, th- yeah. Thanks for uh, giving me your phone number. Thanks for letting me text you. Thanks for letting me harass you. You're a great dude. And uh, hopefully, well, I know we'll reconnect again. Yep. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Yep. Have a great day. You too. Bye. I, I I have to go. I, I don't want to go. I want I want to hang out with him. Um, can, can I? Can you come on or no? You can't come on. Hi. Hey. Hey. That's what awesome. Time is it? What time is it? Dinner time ish. Late. Late. All right. I'm gonna try to run to the coffee shop. I'm meeting uh, uh, Greg Glassman's kids and my kids are doing a skate camp together. So I get to go sit oh. with Greg for three hours and watch our kids skate. So I'm pretty pumped. Um, and his wife. So, uh, I will talk to you, uh, soon. Uh, oh, this evening we have a crazy show, dude. Uh, the overnight sensations, Taylor self and J.R. Howell. Holy shit. They will be on the show tonight to uh, tell you why they are so great. I mean, to, um, talk about the programming at the CrossFit games this year. I'll talk to all Mr. you guys. Soon. Yes.